Hi, you're listening to Chris and Shaz in the Mother of All Roles podcast. Two real mums talking about real issues in an attempt to make the ordinary extraordinary. Remember to like, love and share this podcast if you think it's as amazing as we think it is. And if you absolutely love one of our episodes or all of them, pop us a review on iTunes or Spotify. It really helps us to know how we're connecting with our audience. And of course, we want to be bringing uh, the best content possible to our listeners. So, well, I'll kick it off by introducing you, Shaz. Sharon Halliday is an author, columnist, Reiki practitioner, angel intuitive, copywriter, speaker, and mother to Leo 10 and Eva 7. Sharon's passion is to help other parents create something that resembles a work-life balance. Sharon's book, Messages from the Heart, 39 Answers to Your Life Questions, is based on her advice column, Ask Sharon, and answers questions about health and well-being, relationships, money, work, and happiness. And of course, let's introduce my co-host, Chris Evans, who is a wife and mum to two gorgeous girls, Anna Seven and Kate Four. In 2015, Chris founded Mummy Jobs Australia, who coaches and mentors mums in gaining career confidence and advancement. Chris runs an incredible Facebook support group for mums and partners with employers Australia-wide who want to be actively part of the changing landscape and culture for women in the workplace. What uh, many of you won't know about Chris is that she has sets herself daily goals and she's always looking to improve every aspect of her life, health, career, family. And we try and uh, bring a lot of this into our, our episodes. So, um, you know, her big area is helping clients get clear on their career direction, but she definitely walks her talk. Yes. Interesting, Shaz. I have to say, you know, yes, absolutely. Most of the time it has been challenging in this last sort of uh, 10 weeks or so, but uh, with the strategies that I have and that I have been using, you know, for, for a while now, I have certainly got back into the swing of things. Great. And I hope to uh, hope we hear about some of those strategies and tools today and how you've dealt with the last couple of months. So look, as you know, we're coming off an incredible high from last month's interview with coach Dan Warburton, which we ended up having to split into two episodes. It was so epic. Um, we spoke about life transform transformation uh, with a whole new inspirational future. And what a mind blowing part to the ep that episode was I mean I've been sharing with people um, how I've personally experienced massive growth and results because I agreed to be coached I can't believe it but I actually agreed to be coached live during the podcast <laughs> didn't see that coming um, which we think might have been a world first by the way yeah um, but opening myself up to that impromptu coaching session with Dan is one of the boldest yet most transformative things that I've done in my whole life uh, hands down I'm so grateful that I did it and I'm I'm super thankful to Dan for guiding me through that process. Um, and I guess the, the bonus was that our listeners got to experience firsthand the power of coaching. I actually forgot that we were on a podcast. I was just like having a coaching session. Well, yeah. I mean, like we, we had no idea how those episodes were going to turn, to turn out or to go. And I mean, of course, we had some questions that we'd sort of prepared for Dan that we really, you know, wanted to get that content for sure. our listeners. Um, but gosh, it, it totally went off script. And if you haven't listened to it yet, 
please listen to it. Uh, it. It was in the moment, it was real and it was raw. And we've both listened back over it ourselves and our listeners can get so much out of those episodes because I think many people will, will relate to it. Um, you know, and it's good to recognise that we all have things from our past and often from childhood where we identify it, um, it holds us back and as you put into uh, it in the episode, no longer serves us. So we have to let it go. And we could see why Dan is, is so good at his coaching, the way he guided you, Shaz. You know, he, he, he guided you so beautifully through to that breakthrough. And, you know, I was really honoured to be, to be part of that. Yeah, Chris, it was a, sort of felt like an absolute pivotal moment in both of our lives, I guess. And look, I honestly did not realise what I was getting myself in for until it was all done and dusted. Um, and, and then I'd had this paradigm shift that Dan refers to it as. And it's like, honestly, uh, the difference between my life before Dan's coaching and after is like comparing night and day. As I said in a follow-up live on Facebook the other day, you know, I've noticed a huge improvement in all areas of my life. It's like my health and well-being has improved. Like my goals, I'm kicking goals there. My relationships have improved. And most notably, my workspace. I mean, I'm having things happen um, that have been germinating in me for a really long time. It's starting to come out. Um, some big, big projects I'd had on the back burner have resurfaced. And I'm securing clients in the world of book coaching. Uh, so I'm doing more of what I love. I've even come up with a new brand, but I'm going to save that one for a future podcast. So, uh, yeah, we'll get more. We'll get back to that one. I won't let everything out of the bag just yet. But yeah, you can see I've had, I've had a huge positive um, shift. They are honestly, I mean, that's just incredible results, Shaz. And and I, um, I guess by proxy, you know, just be bearing. Uh, witness to it I, I got a lot out of it also and uh you know and I we both took different things from it as well and that's sure. what is so gold about that that uh two-part episode you know it's kind of what we're finding with the podcast we go deep and I think today will definitely be no exception as we always say you'll never just get the surface stuff from us um we want our listeners to integrate what they're what we're saying and um you know make lasting and and positive changes in their life so today we are diving into you know, how you, Shaz, and I have lived through ISO, as I call it, COVID for many. Uh, and really what we want to do is simply share how things have been going for both of us. Uh, and Shaz, as we know, you know, the world has taken on massive change for everyone. This uh, COVID pandemic has presented a very unique and uncharted time for many. And as we, you know, we've shared in chats, you experienced it very differently to me. And over our many chats via Messenger, it was clear that we were having very different reactions and approaches to what was unfolding in front of us, um, you know, with our kids and our family and how we responded to things. So I, I want to ask, you know, for you, Shaz, how has the last 10 weeks plus, you know, whatever it's been, been for you? Yeah, well, to be really honest, we've been living in our little COVID bubble, as I call it. Um, I've played the ignorance is bliss card all the way through this. And look, you mentioned before that we, we go pretty deep on this show. And one thing I want to say about that is we, 
Mm. I think we actually talk about the things that sometimes a lot of parents and mums in particular are thinking, but they don't actually say to anyone. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I'm going to say some things today that might um, hopefully doesn't offend anybody, but I'm just going to share from my personal experience. Now, I don't mean any disrespect to people who have lost loved ones through this during due to the virus or people who have been sick or maybe people who are out there who are sick right now from it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I just, I can't imagine that. I can't put myself in their shoes. It's not my current experience. Um, but speaking from my own personal experience, I've intentionally kept myself and my family's routine as normal as possible. We don't watch the news at the best of times. So we certainly haven't watched any of the um, news unfolding I only get enough details to be able to make informed decisions. And I figure if, if anything major happens, you know, Steve will find out about it at work and he'll let me know. But, um, you know, my kids have been at school the whole time, which I know is a, you'll talk about that's very different to your experience. Um, so while ever the school was open, my kids were there. And to be perfectly honest, I've been busier than ever with my work. So my goal has simply been to get through the day productively and positively and have a healthy meal on the table at the end of the day. And that's it. Like that's where I've had my focus. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, you know, it's great. And and it's, it's awesome that you found an approach that worked for you, you know, and sure. I think that's, that's, that was, that's probably been the key thing through all of this and will be, moving forward Mm. um, because we need to look at what post-COVID life is going to look like as well, you know, for our families. Um, And and I have to say, you know, mine has been a bit different. uh, And and as we've discussed, some of that might have to do with my mum who, you know, she's elderly, she's in the vulnerable category. I'm an only child. So she's, that's it. You know, if I get, I was really mindful of her health as well as ours, but if I got really sick or if I caught it, then I couldn't be there to support her. And Mm. that was kind of my, that was probably my number one, you know? Um, Yes, I was worried about my children in school, but fearful that I couldn't support my mum if I, if I needed to be there for her. Um, And, you know, we actually pulled our kids out of school a week before the COVID call, uh, the, the government, uh, called it uh, because Canberra had its first case and I was kind of okay up until then and then at that point when it hit on I think it was the Sunday we, we got it and the Monday I said to my husband I'm in, in my mum gut I guess I just didn't have a good feeling and sure. we just agreed that okay well if if we want to pull them let's take them out and see how things go um but then after that the government pretty much the next week things uh we went into pupil free mode into the people free mode here in Canberra. But, um, you know, I was highly concerned about the, the flow on effects and, and, and I was happy that the action was being taken to shut things down for a period, uh, even though I knew it was going to be uncertain times ahead. But it was, you know, it was, it was what was work, going to work for our family, I felt at the time. Yeah, and look, power to you to fi- for finding... Um, you know, honouring your instinct and your intuition to start with, because I'm sure that wasn't necessarily an easy decision, but you went with what felt right. And I think all through this, um, parents, you know, mums, they've had to do what's felt right in the moment and and their yep. neighbour or their best friend might have taken a different, um, made a different choice, taken a different direction. Totally. And that, that's okay too, you know. Um, we've had these chats where it we've sort of been really honest with each other and said, you know, 
it's okay because we've been had vastly different experiences. Um, I know we've both been really mindful of saying, but you know, that's, that's okay for you. This is just what I have to do for me. And that's okay. You know, because what we didn't want to do is make the other person sort of feel um, guilty or bad or, uh, you know, wrong for taking a different, making a different choice. I I think that's been really key for us to be able to keep having that conversation all through this. And, you know, when you were talking about things shutting down, look, I'm going to be brutally honest here, as much as that has huge ramifications for the economy and people's livelihoods and, and all of that, um, as a mum, like I have to admit, I, I breathed a sigh of relief for the first few weeks because even though my kids really miss their sport and activities, and I know we do too, we miss watching them at soccer and we really miss our nippers. And, um, but I felt like I was getting this break from the relentlessness of motherhood in the sense that there wouldn't be so much running around all of a sudden and my schedule wouldn't be as full. Now that might sound very selfish, mm. um, but I, I've had chats to other mums and they felt the exact same way. Um, look, it is not the way that I would have chosen to have this break. It would have been great if it happened differently or if I could have just said I'm taking some time out for a couple of weeks, yeah. but that wasn't, you know, we had to play the hand we were dealt mm. and I've, tried to see the positives all the way through that so so when this first happened as i said i've i was like okay this is obviously an opportunity for not just myself but many people to take the foot off the gas and um you know like as i said i'm not the only mum or stay-at-home dad who's felt this way um maybe i'm just verbalizing it so, no, yeah. I, I'm right in there with you. And, you know, it's funny because there are things that have uh, that similarities to what we've gone through and there are, there are vast differences as well. So it's, yeah. it's, it's interesting, you know, the conversation that's, that's forming here for us. And I, um, yeah, I, I felt that release, um, you know, mm. the week because my kids, you know, we look across to the kids' playground from our place. And for that week that I pulled the kids out, they were watching their friends play on the playground. Okay, so that's challenging. It was challenging. And I was like, am I making the right decision? Am I doing the wrong thing here? And it was, you know, and we 100%, you know, 1,000% supported by the principal. You do what you feel is right. We support you. And and that was fantastic. Yeah, but there was that piece of me of like, maybe I've made the wrong decision. And then when they went for pupil free, I'm like, oh, you know, you kind of feel like it's validated and, you know, you go in and out of those, that thought process. And, um, but I did, yeah, it was that, that, that sense of relief. And it's funny, uh, I have to mention here that for some time I perhaps was um, dreaming of a period where I would be able to go back and be an 80s style parent because life is so busy and it's crazy yeah and I'm like is this is this how it's being delivered to me you know right Um, it's giving you a glimpse of a different side of life yeah and it was like well yeah I didn't make it happen myself it's been forced on us but here it is you know and and it was just um you, you know ups and downs and we'll talk about them of course as as we go along but uh yeah it was that 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 release I felt and I'm sure that there are probably others out there I know there are because I've spoken to them I've spoken to many people who who felt that release too yeah well Um, what I had a conversation with a mother who, who who she was honest as well and said look it made her realize how many activities her children were doing because 
suddenly she did have this weight lifted off her and she said, I will never go back to the way we were before. Whereas, you know, you know full well with me, I try to keep um, it down to one, maybe two activities and they're basically sporting related yeah. each, each term for the kids. Um, there's certainly not anything, not something on every single day. Um, so, you know, for her, she, she had a very clear like epiphany as, oh my gosh, what have I been doing? Just, you know, having something on every single day. And maybe that not isn't exactly the way forward anymore. And so it really highlighted for her, I guess, that she doesn't have to cram so much into her kid's life. And, and while a lot of it was um, driven by the kids, they loved their activities. As a parent, I still believe it's our responsibility to manage that for them. So a kid might want to do something every single day, but is that realistically uh, manageable for the family? Um, well, I think that's where that whole 80s thing came back into it for me because I kind of felt a bit like that, although we only do like one or two a week as well. But it's that yep. constant uh, yeah, hamster wheel of life, mum, yes. parent life, whatever you want to call it. But, um, you know, the, mm. we just got into so many other things. It was almost like this this big set of doors opened up and went, hey, here we are. Did you, did you realise there's all this other part of life, you know, apart yeah. from all the constant busy standard stuff that we do you know mm. and I mean look you know we're, we're all about what you know doing what works aren't we you know and exactly and different lives call for different responses uh of course and Shaz you really I have to say you really took the bull by the horns by having a piece you wrote about uh COVID-19 published in a major online magazine Womankind magazine tell us about that yeah, I mean, just like in the bushfires, I felt compelled again to express what I was feeling in regard to the virus. And I wrote it in the early weeks of it first, really being quite a big thing. Um, I wrote about how it was affecting us and what my observations were of other people around me. And, you know, um, as you said, it was picked up by Womankind magazine who have 57,000 followers on Facebook alone. So I was pretty wow. thrilled about that. Um, shout out to Alicia from their team for connecting with me on that piece. And thanks for getting all of that uploaded. And, and that, that it was titled cliches, compassion, creativity, and that other C word. Um, so that was, you know, part of it formed part of this life in lockdown series that they were promoting where, people could write about their personal experiences um, being in lockdown and, you know, it's gone all over the world. So the feedback I've received so far, again, like in the bushfires, was is really positive. Um, people were saying that what I captured was how they'd been feeling as well. They just didn't have the same kind of outlet as what I had to be able to, you know, um, put it out there. So that was a really positive thing for me um, to be able to write through it. It was very cathartic as it always is. And then to be able to also have it, I guess, again, like to use your word validated that um, people recognize there was, there was a story in that mm. to share. Yeah. Uh, look, you've certainly got a way of expressing yourself, Shaz. And it was a, it was a, it was a powerful read, I have to say. And um, I had, I had to laugh actually um, or have a little laugh when I read the the bit about Eva and you started saying, 
as you drove to school one morning and there was like not a single car or parent or child around and um suddenly I think he said suddenly it didn't feel so right um going off to work and but you didn't have a choice because they had to go to school and so you could keep working and you go on to say that um I think you went on to say the kids were quite happy uh, to be there with a few of their mates whose parents were also still working of course correct um but it and it was I think Eva who felt special that she was about to become the only one in That's her right. class. Yeah. Felt- and the day you, 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 the day you dropped her, dropped them off to class or to classes where they were going to be combined together. And she announced that she'd made it to merge. Yeah. As she was on Survivor. Yeah. We were right in the thick of watching <laughs> the end of Survivor at that time. And I mean, I, I don't watch a lot of Survivor. I have to say I watch it every now and then, but I know what you're talking about. And I just thought, how that that it was hilarious but how adorable like what a beautiful little what a beautiful little shining moment through yeah. all, all of that you're going through that that head spaces we do as mums you know yeah. like and like you know like I'm watching my kids across you know the school at the moment like am I making the right like thinking thinking exactly thinking. you're thinking 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 and then she just comes out with this yep it really put my fears you know? aside honestly because when she said that, I was like, she's seeing it a totally different way. Um, and I think this absolutely epitomised our whole COVID-19 experience. Like, let's see the glass half full. Let's find the humour wherever possible. And look, even though we recognise and acknowledge it's a serious matter and, and it's something that has changed the world forever. Like, what's happening on the other side of the world, I just... I. I I can't even allow my energy or my thoughts to go there other than to send them love because Mm. I just know it will, there's nothing I can possibly do other than send good vibes. Basically Um, it's any, and if you play into that serious negativity um, it's such a heavy subject, like, you know, we're all going to remember this forever and it's um but for us going through it I feel like we were very sheltered but we also did that by design you know it's 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 what we set out to do we we made a decision very early on that we weren't going to buy into too much of um I don't want to use the word hype but the the media um attention we understand why there's such media attention on such a huge thing and there has to be information for people but for us we made a choice to well i think you yeah and i think you you made that choice sooner than me you know um and we i could feel through especially that first sort of six weeks when it sort of all set in that there was a that vast difference between how you were approaching it how i was approaching it you know, as a parent, um, as a person, you know, living living through this and with kids in particular because that's what we are, you know, Chris and Shaz and the mother of all roles, right? Right. That's why we're here, right? So, you know, I, I felt that um, you say you weren't getting fed by all of the hype in the media, you know, whereas I was watching daily live press conferences minute right. by minute, hour by hour and... Uh, you know, I think in my head, you know, I've done a lot of head heart training. I get it. You know, get in your head, you're dead. I know this stuff, right? 
but it was getting into my head and I was still aware of it and I was still letting it happen to me because I was so, um, you know, just, I just wanted to know like if, how many cases and where were they and what was going on and when are we closing our borders and why isn't this happening now? And, you know, the whole Ruby princess debacle and all of that, that sort of right. blow on effect. And, um, and again, it goes back to, and it's, it's a lot of this has been, or is, 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 is fear. We've gone into fear mm. and it was fear of my, my mum. Like I was, I, I was freaking out about her. Um, and obviously my kids as well. Um, so I went into that mode and uh, it's, 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 it, it got to a point though where, where something shifted slight. Well, I feel there was a, a bit of a shift where I'd probably had enough. And right. I think my, my husband had said to me, look, you know, it's probably time to switch off from this. Right. He's better at doing that than I am. I kind of, you know, I, I like information. I've always liked to know what's going on. And so I did, I just stopped watching stuff. And it came at a point where I think my daughter, my eldest daughter, Anna, who's eight, kind of was like my youngest five. She's kind of like, you know, a little butterfly through all of this. You know, I'd love to see my friends, but, you know, she's happy playing with the Barbies or whatever, you know. Yeah. But my other one, she's a bit of a deeper thinker and she's like, you know, well, I hate COVID and what, what's, why, why do we have to have COVID? And, you know, she was kind of like annoyed about it. And, you know, we're probably going to hear so many more stories from our children about their emotions through all of this. But I just thought, God, what if I've got to do something here for her, you know? Right. And I said to her, you know, and we can control what goes on in this house so we can't control what's going on outside at the moment. I said, I can't change what's happening. So true. COVID with the way the government's saying you can't do this or we can't go, you know, why can't we go to the pool? She was just, you know, she just got to 50 metres swimming freestyle, got ribbons at the swimming carnival before all this hit. We were going right. to be doing weekly so, training. And then it changed so rapidly. Yeah. And um, I thought, what is something that I, I'm going to have to give her something that's going to keep her you know, alive or, you know, in that, in her headspace always keep some sort of, um, like that posit positivity there. Yeah. And I just said to her, you know, look, we, we, we get the, the most powerful thing that we've got right now is that we get to control what's happening in here. And the fact that we, uh, and I sort of shared, you know, I said, there are people who are in Italy living in apartments and they're not allowed to go out of their apartments where we live. And, and it was a big gratitude that I had through the whole time. And I still do. And it's one thing that we will continue to capitalize on now is that we, we live on beautiful grasslands and I mm. said, we can, we can just go out and we can ride. We can go for a two K. We even went for a 10 K ride. We've never done that before. That would never have happened. Right. So you, know? you had a lot of positives in the sense that you were doing things suddenly that, you hadn't been doing before that you maybe wanted to and now you had this opportunity to and she well, could see yeah. you know well that's definitely turning you know a negative into a positive well that that's it and um yeah sure it was hard the, the friendship side of thing that was challenging um I, I actually taught her zoom and i taught her canva so she got to learn how to create an invitation in canva and then invite friends to her zoom party um maybe she can help me with my new logo <laughs> well 
Yeah, she, she, yeah she, it, it's a bit busy. <laughs> There's a lot of cats and dogs and unicorn faces and moving objects. So it, it might not hit the mark. But, she, <laughs> but it hit the mark for her audience. I mean, you know, her, her friends. Um, and it was, you know, that was another moment too, watching. And, and actually I cried and I, I, I'll probably get emotional here. <laughs> um, it's okay. It's a safe space. Yeah, but and I and I'm hoping it hits we don't our even, listeners too. We don't even have Dan here for this. Like, I know where's Dan? <laughs> where's Dan when you need him? Damn it! But I, I I sat at the back with my wine and and I watched her and Kate was off doing something else and and she was just there. They were sharing artwork and um, they were all talking at once. It was hilarious, but none of them really cared about that. It was just the fact that they could see each other. And, you know, I got a text and, and, and the mums were in the background texting each other going, oh, you know, whatever. But after we after she finished that, I got a text from a parent and said it was the first time that – sorry, I'm just going to get emotional here again. But it was the first time that their child had smiled in that week. Oh. And, and, you know, like I thought, oh, wow, how awesome is that? So – you know, there were those moments through it all. And, and look, we had some challenges. And, and I spoke to a mum this morning at school drop-off because my kids just went back this week. And, uh, you know, it, we, we both were like, yeah, it, it's not been smooth sailing. Every family's had their challenges. Let's 100%. And, and, you know, just picking up on that, we have no idea what's going on in their little heads. Like mm. the stories that they're telling themselves, um, how much they're picking up on that external uh, media or conversations that they overhear. Um, the just even the uncertainty, you know, like one of the biggest things for, for kids, as you know, growing up is having that trust factor and knowing what's going to happen when. So as soon as all that got taken away and, and life as we knew it changed dramatically with no, and even, you know, us parents didn't know what was going on and that's hard to navigate and then try to filter that down to your kids in a way that they can understand it and not get um, upset by it. Like it's really a difficult conversation, isn't it, to say, well, honey, I don't know how long this is going to go on for, um, but we'll be okay. And like, you know, it, it's it's all of that unknown stuff, I think, which can probably play havoc in their little brains. <laughs> Absolutely. It's the unprecedented stuff. It's the certainty. I mean, certainty is one of us, one of our core values as humans. And, you know, on that, um, sort of want to pick up the point on that is that we were toing and froing with schooling here and all around the country, of course, as we all know, here in Australia. And um, for those, our listeners overseas. Um, but, you know, we, there we were waiting for a decision as to whether mm. we were going to go back for term two and we had our two week holiday and so on. And I was sitting there again. I went back into the oh, hanging off everything that is coming through the media again. Cause I went out of that and then I went back in and then I stopped myself and I was like, why am I doing this? Why am I waiting for someone else to tell me what to do with my family or with my children or, you know, so I actually just thought, stuff this I'm going to tell my children that they're at home for term two because I'm sick of keeping them in limbo and their little heads going back and forward and I need to give them some certainty as a mum and that was how I felt now other people might feel differently to that and that's totally cool 
but that is the decision that I made in that time with my husband. Obviously, we, we, we're very team and we talk, we, we've talk we talked a lot and communicated probably even more than ever before during this period. Team Evans. Team Evans. <laughs> team, team Ryan and Chris. But, um, yeah. Shout out to Ryan. <laughs> Shout out to my beautiful husband. And, um, yeah, funny story. I might share about that in a minute. But, um we decided that we'd just let them know term two you're at home homeschooling this is what life's going to be like so that they then went okay right i've got to manage i'm just going to deal with that then if we were going back it would be a bonus sure and then we just say it's time to go back right so you were able to give them that decision without the wishy-washy and whereas we we were the complete opposite during the holidays we were like okay we believe school's going back for term two. So that means day one, you guys are too. So <laughs> that's it. Mum and dad have got to work. Yeah. This is what we're doing. Back to normal as much as we can. That's it. Like case closed. <laughs> and yeah. I, mean, I, I mean, we did talk to them about it, but because um, I guess we weren't the only ones. There were other parents who were in that same predicament where their children had to be at school. Well, you're so, frontline workers. You've got people. We were we were lucky. I was lucky that I had that. I was grateful. Grateful I could make that decision. Sure. We, we were in a position where we could. I put my business on hold. My husband worked from home. And just because I want to sort of put that in there because people might be going, oh, well, was it easy for you? It sounds like it was just easy for you, Chris. Well, it was, but that's just our situation now. And, and Shaz, you're talking about your situation and probably many others who you guys kind of, just had to keep going, didn't you? Yeah, that was all we could do because I'd not long started a new position. So even though the the world had changed and, in fact, I'd started a position at a childcare centre. Managing uh, that. Doing the admin. And so my my work was actually really important at that time because we had to communicate uh, to our parents and, and our staff and keep on top of all the in talking about information, the wealth of information that was coming out daily, I could barely keep up with emails just to see what we needed to do. Uh, but we, you know, we got through that. And so I didn't really have the time or space to worry, you know, about, um, what my alternatives were because I didn't have one. So, um, yeah, I guess in a way it made the decision clear cut and easy, but, um, as, as we talked about before that day that I took them in and it was, you know, eerie where there was no one around. And I, that was the first and pretty much the only time I questioned, because as we said, the, the kids put my fears aside and, you know, um, with, with their comments and, positivity about it being happy they were happy to be at school there was one moment where i i said to steve um maybe we need to take them out right towards the end um of last term and the kids overheard and they said no like they got visibly upset because they wanted to be at school there was a lot of benefits to them being at school in small groups you know leo was stoked that he had his own laptop and and technology and had his headphones on and was doing whatever he could do and maybe in those smaller groups was able to get um, a different level of attention that you just don't get in the bigger class mm-hmm. sizes. So, uh, they were, again, seeing the positives and running with that. And so, yeah, it, the decision was a straightforward one, uh, challenging at, at times, but 
I think the biggest thing is when you, like you've indicated, when you make that decision and you stick with it as much as you can, um, that helps the whole household to know what you're doing. Yeah, and look, I mean, sending kids back, you know, we here, was it last Monday, Kindy went back in the public system and we were kind of um, go, go, go to, well, get our kindergarten, that Kate back um, last Monday and it came Sunday night and I just couldn't do it. Yeah. Um, I just, you know, I, I said to her, I just still in some, my mum gut is telling me don't do it hold off another week um you know because I, I sometimes even the data and all of that doesn't isn't enough for me i just still feel like because there's zero social distancing at school let's face it yes they're cleaning they're doing all that sort of stuff but oh, it's a very difficult thing to enforce you know, it's like anywhere rip, you rip the band-aid off basically and that's it and and we had to say to kate look you're actually not going to go this week and oh we had tears um so we had tears when we, she was going back early but for her sister because she then would miss out on all our fun afternoon activities. Right. And so that was a challenge. And then when I said, oh, well, actually you're not, and, and that was our fault, we probably, sh you know, you, you, again, we probably didn't make a clear decision there, but it was just you've got to make sometimes make those decisions in the moment and so be it. Mm. Um, but, you know, she got another week at home with me and um, and then they started this week. And, and I have to say, you know, we've sent them back with hesitation um talking to people i feel like this is the one window of opportunity if there is a second peak and schools get shut down again you know speaking to teachers and and, and you know principals and so on you know it is it, it is kind of a wait and watch at the moment like definitely if something changes then you know you have to react in that moment to, to those changes we go again and i just thought well if they're if this does happen again and we were staying at home again in lockdown, then I want them to have at least some opportunity of reconnecting with their friends. And it was a mental health call for us. And, um, and that was it. And the, the look on their faces, picking them up on day one was just, you know, it melted my heart. And I have to say, I dropped them off that first morning and I walked out and I did cry. It was, it was that release and that overwhelm. And I'll put my feelings out there and share them with, our, our mums and our audience because I know that there are other people, other mums out there who would have done the same thing and that, yeah. um, that still being in that grey area of do I, don't I. And it depends where you are on that spectrum of uh, how you feel about it all, whether you've had the same feelings as myself that um, just, I guess that whole, like I said, ignorance is bliss, trying not to think about it too much Um and just sending them off and hoping for the best or whether, you know, someone who's been, you know, following the news and a little bit more anxious about everything that's going on, they're going to have a very different experience. So sending their kids back to school. So we, we acknowledge that. And, um, you know, like the homeschooling thing, that was a whole other kettle of fish, wasn't it? Because I only got to do, to be honest, a few days of it towards the end of, last term when the um, school was getting ready to, you know, learn new programs to be able to go into remote learning um, sort yeah. of more effect effectively. It was and busy for you, right? I think, 
I think I developed a whole new respect for teachers because um, like my kids are, as you know, are really good. You can tell them to do something and they'll do it. Um, but there was, I guess, an underlying anxiety of, of, you know, my kids like to get their work done. And so when they've got that structured school, it's all, it just happens, you know. Um, but it was almost like, cause we had this, it's like we had homework at home during the day and I was still, I was trying to work from home for those few days as well. So that was a huge challenge for me personally. Um, but we got, you know, again, you get through it. Um, you do what you can. I, I probably my favorite part of that was actually being, being able to make them their favorite foods during the day, even though it probably put me, I put myself under a little bit more pressure unnecessarily just being able to stop and have our like a recess and a um, lunch and um, you know, their normal foods together was a bit of a, a unique situation and a treat in itself. Um, but I had to remind them, you know, like, don't worry, you're not going to fall behind. And I know that was Leo's main concern. He just didn't want to um, turn up at the start of term two and feel like he had missed work or was behind in his work. Um, and, and I had to say to them, look, guys, we will do what we can. Uh, we'll figure it out. And, it'll, you know, I just had to keep reiterating that it'll, it'll be okay. But they were, they were pretty good about that. But I, I think, it, yeah, what this whole experience of COVID has taught me is to, uh, the, as, as I've alluded to, there's been a lot of positives come out of it for us. It's shown us a different side of life um, highlight those important things and slowing down and not filling our schedules so much. All of that to me has been, I've taken a lot out of that. Mm. Um, but I also will very much appreciate when life finally gets back to proper normal um, mm. that, you know, sitting on the beach and watching the kids do their nippers or play in the, in the water um, getting back to those sorts of activities, soccer, if we get there this season, like mm. um, all of that's up in the air. But even since the skate park has opened up and I've been able to take Leo there, like um, I just sat in the car and, and, and chatted to a couple of parents, but pretty much just sat and watched him at the skate park last weekend. And I lost time. It was ended up being like two hours. Now, yeah. once upon a time, if I mm. said I was going to just sit there and do nothing essentially like uh did a tiny little bit of work while I was there but generally I was just in the moment yeah. watching and and seeing the joy on his face being back there because that's his happy place um it just felt really good to not have to be well, those anywhere. pressures off yeah. yeah so I think um you know out of this we'll have a newfound appreciation for our old life and also maybe in the process, let some things go that we realize we can do without as well. So. Yeah. Look, there's just so much of that that will happen. And, you know, it is a, it's a longer term game. I think uh, right now as to what that, that proper normal will look like. Mm. It's funny. It's, um, it's interesting because there are, there are moments that perhaps people will feel like they've lost. I know, um, you know, like my, like Kate, it's her first year, it, you know, first year of school, kindy. Mm. And she got six weeks and she was gone. And it's like, um, 
you know, perhaps for me that I've had one go through already, I don't feel as uh, emotional about that. I don't know. Whereas I've heard from others who it's their first child, first year at kindy. It's like they feel like they've, their child's been robbed of that, that, okay. that moment. You know, that's pretty heavy work. Well, but no, but I, and I, can, you while know, you're saying that, I'm thinking about all the people that have had weddings scheduled and, yeah. and big events and, you know, everything was just stopped and yeah, off suddenly absolutely. things that they might've been people having trips that they might've been working towards. Uh, I know a colleague had that happen and missed out on a trip that she'd been planning and for, for so long and would have been looking forward to. And suddenly it was not happening. So. Well, we never traveled that much with our children and, um, and I sit here and go, right. Well, that's something that we missed out on beforehand. And that's something mm. that if, if and when, and hopefully things clear and we're able to go again, we are going to be, that'll be a number one goal for us to, you know, mm. one of our high, high goals to go and travel and experience, um, you know, so yeah, like the kindergarten thing, you know, she's missed out a little bit on that. Um, sure. My do- other daughter, Anna, she was meant to start her first year of actual proper netball this year. And, you know, that's just a, one of those moments, but you know, that, that can all happen again. And uh, there's all these other incredible things that will have come out of it. And you talk about, you know, things that you want to leave behind and things that you want to take forward with you. It's, it's, it's a funny moment, but our ironing board is always out and people will be like, what is she talking about a bloody ironing board for? <laughs> but, you know, my husband went, had to go to work today. He's working from home at the moment, but he had to actually finally get a, a shirt and pants on. And it was a bit comical because it's like, oh my gosh, you know, <laughs> time to get properly dressed kind of thing and, and yeah. emerge from this cocoon, you know, as I call it. Get out of the um, Uggies, right? <laughs> yeah, get out of the, you know. And so he said, and because I, I, I often iron his clothes, it's just something I like to do for him. It's not a, you know, um, my job, your job. And I, I, actually, I enjoy ironing. Well, I'm glad you said that because I don't. And, I, and, it, and it's one, this is where we are vastly different again, speaking of differences and similarities. Oh, but, yeah. Um, I made a decision very early on because Steve had uniforms <laughs> as well. Well, that was my out anyway. And I said to him, I will not be responsible come, you know, shut, start a shift on a Monday morning or wherever, uh, whatever, to have your uniform ready. So, it's your, it's on you, buddy. And so that I made that decision when we first um, got together, and he went off to the academy. So um, I, so funny. I don't iron at well, all. Yeah, well, Ryan, and I'm happy Ryan, about that. He, his ex navy. So, so I, so good actually, on you. I actually ironed all of his uniforms over the years. Oh, Chris, so funny. But if you love it, it's okay. If <laughs> if you do it begrudgingly, not okay. But if you do it and you love it. Okay. <laughs> I do it and I'll get to my point about the ironing board in a moment, but I, do, <laughs> I do it because it's something that I can do that contribute to, can contribute to the ease of his morning. And, um, and that's kind of what, why I do it. But you're a special woman, Chris. <laughs> beginning of COVID and in our, in our kitchen dining lounge area, kind of, we, we, we always have our ironing board out. And most of the time it becomes the dumping ground for clothes or whatever. And then they eventually get put away and then, you know, we iron or whatever. And it's always out. And I thought, gosh, I don't know how long we're going to be in isolation for, or ISO as we call it for. I thought, this thing is going away. And I pack 
packed it up and I put it away against a wall somewhere in the laundry or what I found some space. And today, you know, 12 weeks later, <laughs> it gets pulled out again. And I walked out, came home from dropping the kids this morning and I just thought, oh, there it is again. Didn't miss that. <laughs> and, and I didn't, you know, because it's been so long and we've moved, we've morphed into a totally different way of life in these last, and that can happen very quickly and you form new habits very quickly. And they say, what, 60, 21 days to form a new habit, 60 to keep one or something like that. Yep. Give and, or take. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, it's one of those little, it's just, I guess, it's an example of remembering. And, and I really want to make sure our listeners sort of get this from, from us as well. And for, from me, from you, Shaz, so what we're talking about is don't forget. Don't, don't, don't let this last 12 weeks and this current period, because I know that we're still to a point in lockdown and things are starting to open up slowly and things might change again. Mm. Don't let this time be for nothing. Yeah. You know, think about, you know, what, what are those awesome magic moments that have come out? And one, if I can share with you, Shaz, I have to say is that my, my beautiful mother who, who will be 85 on Sunday, she's incredible. But I, as soon as this happened, I was straight into, um, I guess, protection and caring mode for her. And she has a Friday night drinks catch up with a, a group of about five friends. And I thought, wow, what's going to happen to them? Mm. they are the ones who are going to be even more isolated. Those who don't have a family in the house, they live on their own. Mm. They're not allowed to go to the shops because they're vulnerable. You know, they're in that over 60, 70 age bracket. So I actually taught them all Zoom. And, and, and oh, I'm, Chris, that's awesome. Honestly, it's, you know, they're like, oh, you're amazing, you're amazing. I'm like, it's a gift. It's my gift because... I got them each on individually and we practice our Zoom. They'll link them all up on like a Friday, their Friday 5.30, you know, thank God it's, they call it their TGIF group. Thank God it's Friday group. Um, shout out to the TGIF group. Um, and I kind of came a bit of a, you know, a side person. Sorry, get, Sorry. <laughs> but it was beautiful. And, uh, and that has continued on for them for a good, what was it like eight weeks now? So they just jump on now and they know what to do. We've done the same thing with our writers group and uh, so that we could continue connecting and, and doing those activities that we love. And it, I'd have to say that's been a blessing to be able to still connect uh, through technology, you know. Um, I think oh, that's a positive, massive, a massive positive. That, We've done that it we, with um, Toastmasters as well. I mean, everyone, lots of different people are doing it, but it's just such a... It's, it's one of those awesome things that has come out of it. That's right. And for all the times that we maybe bag technology out because the paradox is, you know, we're on it all the time with our phones and we, it's hard to escape and hence why I have my do not disturb every night regardless um, just so I have that. I was only just talking about that with someone today that – you've got to have that downtime. Otherwise, you know, when your phone pings or um, you see that information coming through, it really keeps you in that, um, your nervous system's kind of never really shuts down. So you get, it it sends a bit of a uh, message to your adrenals, I guess. No matter how minor that sounds like, it's, that's the world we live in now. So for all the, those things about technology where we're trying to kind of have, you know, 
technology detoxes at times and and try to have our phones off as much as we can after a certain time and whatever whatever it is that people do to have a break from it the flip side of it is through all of this we've needed it and it's been able to connect us uh bring us back together um which is better certainly better imagine having you know uh happened pre-technology where we wouldn't be able to have those connections with people um the way we do via if we didn't have the online space so it's something i've been as as amazing as tech has been it's something i've been mindful as well i've tried to avoid doing too much as well because it did get into overload when we started the homeschooling and google classrooms and all of that my daughters were like ah too much you know and yeah and and then we just stopped and you know we get into the kitchen and do some cooking and you know that's right we've done more baking than ever before and and when I think about it, like, what a good way to teach kids math. So I'm showing Eva all the different yeah. um, measurements and she's embracing uh, the whole baking experience. And um, now she'll say to me, where's my apron? <laughs> um, it's, Leo, it's Leo's old apron, but she calls it her apron now. It's fine. Um, you know, and so for her to really want to get involved with something and I can, it can be a teaching point at the same time, and that's just real life stuff, isn't it? You know, it takes me back to when I was a kid and I used to bake. Now I'm going to get emotional. <laughs> <laughs> I used to bake cookies with my nan and take them around to all the neighbours. And I remember she used to remind me because I used to make this uh, oat cookie and she'd say to me, don't eat too many. You'll, mm-hmm. you'll pay for it later. <laughs> and lo and behold, you know, 12 cookies down. <laughs> and, I, <laughs> and now... <laughs> You know, maybe that's why I can't just eat one or two cookies now. <laughs> but um, you know, um, they they're great memories baking and and doing those hearty kind of activities with well, it, like it is. I mean, yesterday afternoon I thought, oh, you know what, kids are home. What can I do? First afternoon they came home from school. They jumped in the bath for an hour. We had a, a bath bomb from Lush, and I said, get in the bath and and I um I thought. I could just whip something up. Like, you you just know, felt like it? I just felt like it. So I um, made some cheese scones. Just as, as you do. You do. <laughs> but, but this is the, the beautiful thing. And I think that um, what this period has given, uh, well, me in particular and perhaps many and yourself too, is that um, ability to see that when that pressure is taken off, there are many things that can happen. Um, and, and back to the cooking one night we... Like the, an example of this being, it was six thirty at night. I had to suddenly, uh, suddenly after watching a few, few too many episodes of MasterChef, um, <laughs> were I decided to do wontons from from scratch. As you, you do, know, as you do at six thirty at night with two children <laughs> yeah. who've got to get into bed, etc. Bad. Um, but because we we're at home <laughs> schooling the next day and things were just pretty kind you of could. cool. <laughs> yeah, so we didn't eat till nine o'clock that night. Um, took me a while. <laughs> Because I'm not a fast cook. <laughs> and my husband says, Oh, whose idea was it to start making wonton some scratch at six thirty at night? You know. And we had a- <laughs> As his tummy's growling. <laughs> Good laugh. I'm like, they're nearly ready. Um, you know, and then the girls loved them and it was exciting. And we made lots of different food from around the world, like, you know, um, Italian and sushi and lots of fun things. And so I think that's something I want to keep and continue on and uh, and new skills. I mean, my children have learnt how to become a barista. They oh. know how to make a coffee, you know, and how to 
get the crema right. Like, it just, well, that's going to come in handy for you on a Sunday morning, I'm sure. How's that? Like, you know, I would never have done that before because it'd right. be too rushed in the morning. You know, no, you can't make dad a coffee because I don't drink coffee anymore, but you can't make dad a coffee because, you know, time's ticking. We've got to get to school or we've that's got to right. be here. We've got to go to tennis. We've got to do this. We don't have got to do anything. We just, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and, um, and that's that, it. That that's a really uh, beautiful way I think to lead into our our challenge, Chris. Because absolutely, you know, as you know, we give each month a challenge to our listeners, and it's based on the topic we discuss. And look, uh, I know there are many out there who have had um, who have experienced COVID, maybe as I have, maybe as you have, Chris. Or it's, there's plenty that'll be somewhere in between the two. Mm. Um, what we would encourage our listeners to do is just take a few minutes and physically write down a list of what you realized was truly important for you in your life. You know, what's been highlighted through this process, what were or are the silver linings through this time? Mm. Uh, and what will you ensure that you never forget or let go of? And, you know, for us, we've talked about things like a return to cooking, uh, certain baking, doing certain activities that, as you say, we just didn't get time to do before, it, whatever it is, put it on the list um, because it's important not to forget uh, the, the, the time that we've been through. And I think my biggest legacy out of this period of time is I'd hate to see, uh, and I was saying this to a friend the other day, that when when it does all eventually get back to normal, that we just slip back into the rush again. I think that'd totally. that'd be really that'd really upset me. I think personally that, and I know it's bound to happen to to many people. Like they just slide back into that routine. Um, and and look, whatever works for you, as we always say, you do what works in your own situation. There's no judgment there, but. I just Let's think, not forget the, the beautiful aspects that have come out of this. Yeah, we've come so far. We've come through a lot. And I think it's a great opportunity that we might never get in this same form again. Just like when we went through the bushfires, which, you know, was only just before. Like we were, we were still reeling really from that. And, there are. Are, and to be honest, there are still people out there feeling the effects of that and then may have felt like, um, you know, have been forgotten. A bit through this because a bigger so to speak a bigger uh, more far-reaching tragedy has kind of grips the world and that's so you know shout out to the people that are still struggling from the bushfires as well but we we need to take the lessons out of these experiences and take them forward so that it's not all in vain oh, you know? uh, so that's the challenge yeah, it's a great one, and and I and, and I you know I concur with everything you said, and uh, yeah, it's so so critical. To, let's let's never forget, and um, yeah, and and it's a chance, it's an opportunity to create a a new sort of a new life, a new new way of life for ourselves. That perhaps if we weren't happy with what we were doing beforehand, yeah. maybe this has been that shining moment, that time where you've had that that forced stop. And it's like right now you get to choose. Now you get to create the next pathway for you. So, um, you know, look, on that note, I just want to say this again, yet again, has been a very, very special episode uh, of Chris and Shaz in the Mother of All Roles podcast. 
two real mums talking about real issues in an attempt to make the extraordinary or ordinary extraordinary. Um, and remember to like, love, share, and we will catch you next month. Bye. Catch you then, guys. <laughs>